Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Not only is a prayerless Christian a defeated Christian, but a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. I'll explain why I say that. And actually, it's why Paul says to pray in the Spirit. When we pray in the Spirit, we'll receive the power of the Spirit. Because greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. We need only to wield the weapon of prayer. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. In today's message from Pastor J.D., he teaches us the power of praying in the Spirit. When we pray in the Spirit, we receive the power of the Spirit. As Christians, it's important that we use this weapon of prayer. Prayer is our strength and power given to us to defeat the enemy. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 6 with part 1 of his message, Prayer is the Answer. Let's get into the Word. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 18 and making our way through to the end of the letter, verse 24. We'll begin in verse 18 and the Apostle Paul ending the letter in a very interesting and even powerful way, says by the Spirit, verse 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, verse 19, that Whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. For which, verse 20, and this is interesting, I am an ambassador in chains. This kind of has a twofold meaning. Not only is he literally chained to a Roman guard, but ambassadors would be adorned with chains as well. And that's how he saw this, being an ambassador for Jesus Christ in chains. It was a badge of honor. He says, pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Now, verse 21, I hope I'm pronouncing this guy's name right. If I don't, he'll tell me so when we see him in heaven. But Tychicus. Is that okay? All right. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Wow. 
So you'll forgive the play on words, but I want to talk about how that because of answered prayer, prayer is the answer. I realize that saying this in this way may come off as cliche. I hope it doesn't, but the fact remains that prayer is the answer to everything. Now, we know that, we say that, we talk about that, but do we really understand that prayer is the answer to every situation in our lives. Prayer's the answer. Prayer is the answer to how we put the armor on. It's put on vis-a-vis prayer. Prayer is the answer to how we live victoriously. Prayer is the answer to enduring and persevering through the trials of life. Prayer's the answer. And last, but certainly not least, as it relates to our text today, prayer is the answer when it comes to spiritual warfare. And oh, by the way, Satan knows this. He doesn't want us to know that, but he knows that. And this is why he attacks in the specific area of prayer. And this is what I want to talk about today. In approaching and teaching the end of this letter to the church in Ephesus, I am struck by the Apostle Paul asking for prayer. I mean, think about this. Here he sits, chained to a Roman guard who is wearing his full armor and not only encouraging them to pray, but asking them to pray for him. Wow. (laughs) And it's not so much that he's asking for prayer, it's what he's asking for prayer for. That's what's striking to me because it speaks to how, and I... I hate it when the world hijacks, and I know Arabs shouldn't use that word hijack in an illustration, but I hate it when the world hijacks something that we as Christians really lay claim to. And one of those is this phrase we use, the secret to success. The world has taken it and and sort of marred it and profaned it in terms of worldly success. And so when we talk about what was the Apostle Paul's secret to success, his secret to success was his prayer life. And to me, this is the only explanation as to why it is that he asks them to pray that he would be bold and fearless in preaching the gospel and reaching the lost. Now that's interesting to me, because here he is again, chained to this Roman guard, unjustly by the way, for righteousness sake, he's in custody, and he asks for prayer for boldness and fearlessness to preach the gospel. 
I mean, what is it about this man whom we've grown so fond of as we've gotten to know him through our study of God's word? What is it about the Apostle Paul that would cause him to ask for prayer to be bold? Wasn't he bold? Yes. But the reason why he was bold is because he prayed and he asked for prayer for boldness. That's why he was bold. Wasn't the Apostle Paul fearless? Absolutely he was fearless. But the reason why he was fearless is because that's how he prayed. Notice what he doesn't pray for or ask them to pray for him for. This is what I would have asked. I said, hey, pray for me, man. I'm unjustly incarcerated under Roman custody in chains. Pray for my release. Don't look at me all spiritual. You'd pray that same thing too and ask for prayer for that as well, right? But he doesn't. That is the secret, the answer, if you will, to the success of the Apostle Paul's life and ministry. To me, this also explains why it is that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. It's interesting to me, they didn't ask Jesus to teach them how to preach, or they didn't ask Jesus how to perform miracles. Of all the things that they would ask Jesus to teach them, it would be prayer. You have to know that they saw the power that Jesus had. They witnessed the miracles that Jesus performed, and the conclusion was obvious. The source was prayer. The answer was prayer. The secret was prayer. During the Savior's public ministry, they watched him closely, and they saw firsthand how Jesus would go away and pray. Jesus prayed continually and on all occasions, which is what Paul writes in verse 18. He says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and specific requests. Now some of your translations use a word that's not in our vocabulary in our day and age, the word supplication, which basically carries with it the idea of very specific petitions and requests in prayer. And it kind of covers the whole gamut, for lack of a better way of saying it, because he says, on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and specific requests. You kind of get the impression that Paul is saying, to pray in the Spirit all the time. Which, by the way, (laughs) means that you don't always have to pray with your eyes closed. You can pray while driving. Don't close your eyes while driving. You pray always in the Spirit. I want to talk about that in a moment. In verses 19 and 20 is where Paul then asks them to pray for him. And he again Ask them to pray very specifically. And in verses 21 through 23, he ends the letter by saying that this Tychicus will give them the details concerning how he's doing. And he does this and sends Tychicus to them to be an encouragement for them. 
here's Paul. If anything, he's the one that should be encouraged, right? He's the one in chains. Oh no, he wants to encourage them. He wants them to be encouraged. Man, that's the power of prayer. Here's what's interesting. You would think that knowing this about prayer, all that we know to be true about prayer would translate into Christians continually turning to prayer. You know where I'm going with this. Sadly, it does not. For many a Christian, prayer is the last resort and not the first response. Reminds me of the story that's told about a husband and wife. The wife comes to the husband, as usually is the case, and says, Honey, we need to pray. To which the husband responds, Whoa, is it that bad? Really? So your wife comes to you and says, we need to pray. And your first response is, oh my goodness, the last resort is prayer. No, the first response should be prayer. Make no mistake about it. There's no coincidence that Paul would talk about the paramount importance of prayer in the context of spiritual warfare. I almost imagine him, again, chained there. And by the way, nothing wrong with using your God-given imagination to picture the scene. That's where he wrote this epistle, by the way. You can almost imagine Paul sitting there and praying... (laughs) inquiring of the Lord, petitioning the throne of the Lord. Lord, how do I end this letter? I want to encourage them. I've just got done talking to them about spiritual warfare. How should I end this? Clearly, the Holy Spirit inspired him to conclude this amazing letter by talking about the importance of prayer. A prayerless Christian is a defeated Christian. Would you agree with me? And that's exactly what the enemy wants. And that's why it is that the enemy wants it. What do we know to be true about the enemy? Jesus said he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy you, and he stalks you, and he studies you, and he waits for you to be in that place when the attack is optimum. When you're vulnerable, when you're tired, how about this? When you're discouraged, when you're weary, and he's right there. See, he knows something that he wants you to forget, and that's this, that prayer is the deciding factor. This is the deciding factor in his defeat and your victory. Remember, we talked about this. Never imagine that we have to defeat the enemy. He's already a defeated foe. We need only to walk in the victory that is ours in Christ. And what he knows and doesn't want us to remember is that prayer seals his fate. By the way, that's why it is that when you try to pray, everything starts to happen. The kids start fighting the phone starts ringing, everything starts happening. Why do you think that is? It's because he knows that when a Christian prays, it's done. He's done. He's defeated. 
So he wants to defeat the Christian before the praying Christian defeats him. That's why a prayerless Christian is a defeated Christian. And not only is a prayerless Christian a defeated Christian, but a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. I'll explain why I say that. And actually, it's why Paul says to pray in the Spirit. When we pray in the Spirit, we'll receive the power of the Spirit. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We need only to wield the weapon of prayer. I love the illustration that Pastor Chuck used. I've never forgotten it, and I know I've shared it before, but I think it would be apropos to share it again. You got two opponents in a fist fight, and then one of those opponents wields a knife. Now, what do you think the one who doesn't have the knife is going to do? He's going to do everything he can to get that knife out of his opponent's hand. Why? Because he knows that that knife is the deciding factor And that knife is the knife of prayer. And that's why Satan will try to keep a Christian from praying. (laughs) Because he knows what awaits the Christian who does pray. It's important to understand what Paul is saying here when he says pray in the spirit. What does that mean? How does that work? What, What does that look like? Well, the answer is twofold. First, and please know that I don't want to jam anyone's theological gears, but to pray in the Spirit is to pray in one's prayer language. That's not the topic of today's teaching. I'm not going to take the time to go there, but I think I'd be grossly remiss were I not to state that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. They have not ceased. I have this gift. I pray in an unknown tongue. I have a prayer language that God gave me, and I can't even begin to tell you how life-changing it was when I received this, this prayer language. The second way to pray in the Spirit is to pray directed by the Spirit. And in the sense that the Holy Spirit enables me and empowers me to pray. See, again, I don't want to keep repeating this, but maybe I just, for the sake of repetition and retention, need to say it again. Satan knows that power awaits and victory awaits the praying Christian. And that's why all H-E double toothpicks breaks loose (laughs) when we start to pray or try to pray. Now, if I could just, and you'll forgive the, the personal reference, actually, I'm, even on the way here today, I was praying about how much I, the Lord would have me to share personally about what he's done in my life and my prayer life. But I know for me that in order to pray continually, I need to both pray in my prayer language in the spirit and also empowered and enabled by the Spirit. That's how I am able to, even on the way here today, it takes me 22 minutes to get from my house to the church, driving the speed limit. So that is 20 
again, depending on traffic, but that is priceless time because that's prayer time for me. And it's kind of interesting because at a stoplight, you know, people are looking at me and I'm, you know, talking to myself. And (laughs) at least that's what they think. They have no idea who it is that I'm talking to. But that's how you pray continually. So I can be praying in my prayer language, even in our prayer meeting this morning. I'll be praying in my prayer language, but I'm also praying in the Spirit this way, in the sense that it's both. And this is what Paul says to the Corinthians in chapter 14, verses 14 and 15. He says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. And then he says something very interesting, and I've done this before, and I've seen this before, and it is powerful. He says, I will sing with the Spirit. Sometimes God will give you this this song in an unknown language, and I mean it, chicken skin would be an understatement. He says, I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. In other words, I need both, and I do both continually. Let me parenthetically say that I don't want you to get the impression that your pastor is this great man of prayer. Okay. Listen, I God's brought me a long ways in my prayer life, but I would be disingenuous at best, dishonest at worst, if I left you with that impression. I mean, who among us, let's be honest, who among us could say, I pray enough? Are you kidding me? You you do? Man, how many times I've heard these great men of God, used mightily of God, come to the end of their lives, and when asked about this, they say this, the one thing I wish I would have done more, if I had to do it over again, I would have prayed more. I would have prayed more? Yeah. When Paul wrote to the Thessalonian church in his first letter, chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, he said, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. And he says, Why? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Okay, let's be honest, shall we? You're in church, you have to be, right? Wouldn't we have to admit that we don't always rejoice? Wouldn't we have to admit that we don't give thanks in all circumstances? And certainly, wouldn't we have to admit that we don't pray continually? After we accept Jesus into our lives, we start a journey of faith with Him. We don't always grow in our faith, though. Pastor J.D.'s messages in the book of Ephesians encourage us to continually seek to grow deeper and deeper in our relationship with our Savior. We can't get comfortable and complacent in our walks. By spending time with other believers, diving into the Word, and spending time in communication with Jesus, we'll continue to grow closer to Him. We're so glad you tuned in to Pastor J.D. Farag's teaching today. We'd like to tell you how you can access additional messages. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of Pastor J.D.'s teachings. Take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. 
This app is free and provides you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and even the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mid-East Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. looks into the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into perspective. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Join us on Facebook as well and keep up to date on everything that's happening at In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for joining us today. Pastor J.D. will continue studying through the book of Ephesians next time on In Spirit and Truth.